Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. All right. Today, ladies, I have some of my two favorite people in the Portland area where I live. I'm so excited to have these guys here. You guys want to introduce yourselves and tell these people who you are? Yeah. Yeah. I'm Megan Landrum, registered dietitian. Yep. And I'm Anna Bonangle, also registered dietitian. And we founded Alavita Nutrition in order to support moms throughout pregnancy, postpartum, and even when they're trying to get pregnant. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me about how you guys got to the place you are today. Like, tell me about your journey. Yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, my path has been a very windy one. I was not the gal who graduated from college and said, I'm going to be a dentist and was a dentist heretofore. Right. So I think I'll spare your listeners the many different hats that I have worn. But in the last, let's say, decade of my career, the focus has really been on like empowering women to take charge of their health. Like that's really everything I've done has kind of come back to that. And there's no place where that, where there's a more apparent need for that than in pregnancy and postpartum. And so that's how Megan and I joined forces being like, you know, we need to help women feel good in their bodies as they go through this. Absolutely. And so Anna and I met about what, six years ago now? It's crazy. I know. It's, and we have really narrowed our focus to work with women in these perinatal life stages because there isn't a lot of support that gets into the nitty gritty of how to make this happen. You can get general recommendations about nutrition, sure, online and maybe from your doctor. But really, when it comes to making this work for you in your home and feeling good in your body during the childbearing years, we really want to support women on a deeper level. That's so awesome. And like, yeah. you have to be just like preach on the whole feeling good <laughs> in your own body because yeah. I just feel like there's so many women that feel like they're at war with their body or their body's yeah. like something to be fixed or at war with their body or they go to get obstetrics care and they're treated like pregnancy is a condition that needs to be treated. Right. And right. like, we want women to be like feeling healthy and good and owning that. Totally. That's so great. I think in terms of our bio, we should also Mm -hmm. include that we're both newish moms. So I have a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And I've got a six-month-old. So we're in it. The Lord's work. You're doing it. We're in it with you. (laughs) My garbage can is overflowing with diapers. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and these guys don't. You know, I have a three and a six-year-old, so I'm not that far, like, ahead of you. Yeah. And it still feels like it's sometimes hard to do what I need to do for my body to have all the energy I need and all that good stuff. So I think that is a big point, a good point, just to remind people, like, you guys are living it. And it is possible to take care of yourself. Yeah, it is. It totally is. And I think moms need to carve out a little bit more time for themselves because ultimately that's good for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
For sure. Now, you guys were originally, though, in an office setting. I mean, individually, you're in an office setting. And then together, originally, this was partly you were seeing people in real life, like yeah. face-to-face. We yes. were seeing women both in clinic and via telehealth. Mm-hmm. We found that working with moms, most women opted for the telehealth path to, you know, work with us. And so now we're totally virtual. We work with moms one-on-one through the telehealth lens, but then we also have online programs and that enables us to reach more women that don't necessarily feel like they need to dive deep one-on-one, but really just want to learn more about how they can optimize their nutrition during these childbearing years. Yeah. That's so great. I think too, because you guys are both registered dietitians, you're not like woo-woo people that have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and there's just a lot of junk out there. Like, can you sure. just talk about the fads and the things that you see people doing that you're that make you nervous or make you sad or you know oh, make you fearful for parents? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting question. I mean, in Portland, we get a little bit of all of it. I think, let's see, two things come to mind when you ask that question. First is like, vaccines, which is not my scope of practice as a dietitian, but that's one that I like really makes me mm-hmm. nervous. Mm-hmm. The second one I would think is like goat's milk based formula is mm-hmm. one that I have found a lot of moms like just assume somehow because it's made by goats, it's going to be healthier for their baby than cow's milk based formula. Right. And then for Do, moms yes. specifically, I think there's a huge fear around carbohydrates for all women. And that can trickle into pregnancy and postpartum. And we're here to tell you that you don't need to be afraid of carbs. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, you know, different like variations in diets for specific women, but in general, if you're choosing the right foods, all foods can fit. And we truly do believe that. And everything that we, you know, tell to moms is all based in research. And that's one thing that we really pride ourselves in is being evidence-based. Yeah, it's so important. I would say evidence-based and like we speak from experience and with an open mind, right? So like we always are trying to blend that, like bringing in the research. What does the science say with like, what do women tell us works for them? And like, what's going to work for you personally? Because we all are unique in our needs. Yeah. So tell me where you think this thing about the carbs comes from. I mean, obviously there was a whole movement with the keto and like all those things, but is there some of that that is real? Is none of it real about like the fear of carbs? Tell me like why that's been such a trend. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways you can answer that question and look at it, but specifically during pregnancy, postpartum, when there's a lot going on with your hormones, I think we often forget that insulin is a hormone and carbohydrates and insulin have this unique interplay. And so if you completely are removing carbohydrates from your diet, you're altering your insulin, which ultimately is going to lead to a lot of other changes in your, in your hormones. And we don't necessarily want to be doing that during pregnancy, trying to get pregnant postpartum. We just want to direct women into choosing carbohydrates that are full of fiber and B vitamins and the ones that are going to keep them full, provide energy as opposed to the carbohydrates that are snacky, fast sugars that are going to ultimately cross their blood sugars and make them feel not as good. Yeah. I think the the missing piece in the media and the communication that get out that gets out there is that it's nuanced, right? And so it's like all carbs got a bad name, but really it's about being, you know, informed and smart about which carbs you choose and when. Because you don't want a blood sugar crash. It'll make you feel moody and cranky and like a crazy person, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so it's about choosing the carbs as Megan described, like that are high in fiber, fiber, pairing it with a good amount of protein, some healthy fats, and like, you know, fueling your body up right. Yeah. 
And I hear you talking about more of an abundance model, Mm -hmm. what things are going to actually fuel you, what things will actually be healthy for you versus a less than model or restriction model on like, you're going to have good health for your whole life. But especially in that peripartum period, if you can focus on like, what does this food do for me? Less about like, I can't have this, I can't have that, or I need to have this even if it tastes Mm -hmm. horrible. Absolutely. And especially for those moms that are breastfeeding after giving birth, that's when your nutrient needs are at their absolute highest, higher even than during pregnancy. So trying to restrict that all during that period is going to be complete defeat. (laughs) And if you can just let yourself eat an unconditional amount of whole nourishing foods, you're ultimately going to have way more energy, feel way better. And your headspace isn't going to be crazy from trying to restrict. We like to tell women, think of every time you eat as an equal opportunity to nourish yourself. So don't think of, especially during breastfeeding, every time like you eat as a meal or a snack or thinking about it that way, really just try to have healthful foods on hand so you can create balanced meals every time you're eating. And when you're breastfeeding, every time your baby eats, you should probably eat and replenish what you've just given to your baby. Yeah. Okay. Anecdotally, last time I was at Megan's house, I know that listeners can't see me, but she had a huge glass bowl filled with like some kind of crazy whole grain and like so many colors of vegetables and she's just scarfing it. So she, yeah. <laughs> she, she practices what she preaches. Yeah. 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 We, we're eaters. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and if yeah. you guys, you know, you can't see them in person, but these people are like fit people, you know, it's not like, they're like, hey, whatever you want. Like, yeah. <laughs> For sure. (laughs) But ultimately, your metabolism is also going to be affected by restriction. So I think we see that a lot with our clients who are in this restrictive eating pattern. They eventually plateau or they end up putting weight on because their metabolism is so affected by this cycle of restrictive eating. So we really want to help women break out of that, help the their bodies work for them instead of against them through nourishing foods. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I've I've had times where I've eaten more on the like way less carb spectrum. And I feel like then if I have one bite of bread and I haven't had anything for a long time, then I feel sick. And I know that's not right. Like there's (laughs) no way that that's how my body is supposed to be. Uh You know what I mean? And so I, I'm sure that listeners can relate to that. If they've ever done some type of yo-yo diet or something that's not healthy for them, that like, it shouldn't be that then you have like a bagel and then your whole body goes into like shock. You know what I mean? That's a natural state uh-huh. to be in. Right? Totally. <laughs> yes. And you know, for most women, we can really keep it simple. We don't need to get into this nuanced nutrition. Yeah. We just want to eat kind of like our grandmas ate with fruits and vegetables, making up half of our plate and a little bit of protein and some whole grains. And we want to have three to four square meals a day. You know, it's not that, Yeah, it's not rocket science. It's more about learning to bring those foods into your home and how to prepare them in a way that tastes good. And I think if you learn to cook, you're going to be so much more successful long-term because you'll actually enjoy the food. (laughs) Okay. But I will add on to what Megan said. There is no shame in asking somebody to cook for you or like fast food can be the salad bar line at Whole Foods, right? Like, yes, yes, cooking is going to help you in the long term. And 
you don't have to do it all yourself. Yeah, like, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? She said, <laughs> she said, I'm fine to get stuff at the salad bar at Whole Foods. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I mean, if you guys, if you guys check out their Instagram page, the photos you guys produce of all the food that you guys make, mm-hmm. I don't know whose kitchen this is too. It's beautiful. Whatever kitchen <laughs> yeah. you guys photograph in, but it all just looks totally delectable and it doesn't, it's not diet food. It's like real nourishing food, which is, I think what really matters for women. I just, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, I ate some protein bars. I mean, that just (laughs) feels horrible, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We're big believers in like enjoying your food, like all aspects of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like we want, you want your food to look beautiful. So you enjoy it with your eyes first, and then you're going to be more satisfied when you actually eat it. Yeah. I think, you know, just onto this point that you're getting at of like fueling yourself and not trying to constantly deprive yourself. One of the things I hear most frequently is women being like, well, I'm trying to lose some weight. So I had a little Greek yogurt for breakfast and then a light salad for lunch. And then I got home from work and oh my God, I was so starving. I ate a whole bowl or a whole box of cereal or something. right? Right. And so one of the analogies we love to talk about is it's kind of like holding your breath. If you try to hold your breath, when you do breathe again, you gasp for air. If you try to underfeed yourself, when you do eat again, you're out of control. And it's not a lack of willpower or a lack of discipline. It's biology. Your body needs food. So just, you know, get in front of it and feed yourself good food from the beginning of the day. Yeah. What we often tell women is eat within an hour of waking up and every three to four hours throughout the day so that we're not having that three to four p.m. like I been starving myself of food all day. And now I'm going to try to make up for it in the last four hours of the day. Right. And if you're like me, like what either white knuckle it, like all the way home, like I'm so starving and then right. eat a huge thing or try to fill myself with caffeine because totally. then I feel like at least I'll have the energy. Right. So yeah, if we're eating consistently throughout the day, then we don't need that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What about supplements? Do people need supplements? Is mm-hmm. that a thing that matters? Are there ones that matter more than others? Is it just like a money maker for people? <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> Definitely yeah. women need to have a prenatal on board okay. before pregnancy, ideally at least six months before they conceive and then throughout the duration of breastfeeding. And if you're going to go into having another kid, continue to take that prenatal every day. There's a lot of different things that we just aren't getting from our diet, even if we're eating to like tip top perfection. Mm. It never hurts to have a prenatal on board. Aside from that, I think it's going to be so unique and specific to each woman, Mm -hmm. but you can never really go wrong with vitamin D specifically here in the Mm -hmm. Pacific Northwest. I don't know if you want to add anything, Anna. Yeah. You know, I think the important thing to think of, to keep in mind is that we recommend supplements as the insurance policy, right? So it's not about replacing your meals with a pill, but it's about like making sure, you know, it's your backup because you don't want to hold yourself to always eating perfectly, right? Yeah. Like it's okay to sometimes like have to grab something on the go that's not perfectly balanced. And if you have your prenatal on board, then, you know. It's a nice little cushion for when it comes to specific nutrients, like Megan mentioned vitamin D, I just always recommend getting your vitamin D levels tested and then working with your provider to determine what level of supplement to Mm -hmm. take. But often ones that I pretty much across the board recommend are probiotics and Mm omega-3s, you know, especially with the DHA and EPA, which is important for baby brain development in utero, but also for your breast milk once, you know, postpartum. Okay. 
I love it. See, I like to nerd out with these people because they're so smart. <laughs> so we got to get specific here. Yeah, I love it. Hi, Mama. Guess what? Our book, The New Baby Blueprint, is out in the world. We're so excited because we know it's going to help change the new motherhood experience. The bump said, they say motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but the new baby blueprint comes pretty close. You can find it wherever books are sold or check it out at modernmommydoc.com forward slash book. And then personal question. I know you guys are not exercise experts, you're nutrition experts, but I think people who are about nutrition are also about making sure that they're healthy in terms of moving their bodies and all that. So what are your favorite ways that you guys like to exercise? Are you guys group class people? Do you guys like to do stuff outside? Is there something that's better for people to be doing to complement the nutrition efforts that they're making? First and foremost, I would say since becoming a new mom, I would recommend to anyone to go see a pelvic floor physical therapist after having a baby. Amen. Because Amen. you yes. should yeah. definitely be getting that cleared and checked out before you're doing anything that could, you know, derail your pelvic floor health. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely recommend doing that. But once you're cleared to work out, I think whatever is the most fun for you. And for me, I think Anna is the same way. Like having a community of women to exercise with is the best. So I love group fitness. And I mean, Anna run every Friday together. Oh, um, cute. So that's <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> <we're buddies. laughs> That's our like work meetings. That's yeah. Yeah. Like, my next sometimes pushing strollers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then sometimes yes. all you can do is walk and you have your baby. Yeah. He's, homesick from daycare or whatever. So you do what you can do and you move your body every day. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then give yourself some grace if you don't do it all the time. I mean, the thing I see people doing is just being so regimented about like, if I can't get in my like three classes a week, then I'm broken or there's something Mm. wrong with me or, you know, it just worries me in terms of people having a more like disordered eating focus or disordered exercise focus versus like hot, sweaty fun or friend fun or I love hot, sweaty fun. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because, you know, and I think that we find that there's a really wide variety and when women are feeling ready to get back into exercise postpartum. I know that after my first kid, it took me a lot longer. Like I just wanted to kind of like hibernate with my baby and it took, I was much slower in getting back into it with my second child. I was like, so ready for me time. And I was like, I love exercising. It gets me out of the house, gets me away from the kids, gets my me time, gets my adrenaline pumping. And I was like, I can't wait to move some more, you know, but I think that's the key. It's not letting anybody else's pressure or expectations determine what you do. It's about honoring what's right for your body. Yeah, hundred percent. I know. Well, I said hot, sweaty fun because I'm a huge fan of spin classes and my husband mm-hmm. thinks it's hilarious. And like, why would you pay that much money to go yeah. like in a dark pool with <laughs> strangers? Yeah. But I, I don't really care. I've read all of the, I've read all the articles and like, I sometimes look at stuff about like, is it the most like efficient or does it actually get the workout? I honestly have decided, I think it is fine. And that it doesn't matter one bit because it's my happy place yeah. where I go and I'm like, Beyonce, sing to me. Like, totally. you know, like, oh my like gosh. Lizzo, do it, you know? And Dance then I'm just like on crying. A and <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's therapeutic. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I would say for me, exercise has been like my best you know, treatment for postpartum depression, or I should say prevention, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's a, it's not just about the 
physical exercise, it's the mental health aspect of it too. That can be really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I think that's an important point to mention, right? I think when people are postpartum, probably not prenatally as much, but some, but more on the postpartum front. And then even those like that six months to year, I think sometimes people's eating patterns also are about discomfort and like mm-hmm. emotional eating. I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. see that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just so taking a step back, I think in terms of like when we are eating, being mindful, you can't be every single time, but just thinking about like, what are the patterns? Is it because I was mm-hmm. having a horrible, like crappy day? Yeah. And then now I feel better because I just ate like eight scones. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> can you just like been there, yeah. done that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's where it comes back to like giving yourself some grace, right? Like maybe eating for comfort's okay too. Like yeah. food serves so many different purposes. So yeah. just let yourself eat one scone so you don't have to eat eight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Wait, I have one more thing to say about exercise, yeah. just yeah. because I, from both my pregnancies, had diastasis recti, so the separation of my abdominals, mm-hmm. and did work with a pelvic floor therapist, and just to get specific about what I've done is spent like three months really intensively working on healing my core so that that could be a really strong foundation. And now when Megan says we run every Friday, it's because we did, I did that intensive work yeah. so that I'm not peeing my pants literally when we go for a run. <laughs> yes. Which is, like we all yeah. joke about that, but it's so common and so, so real. Common. I totally went to, and it took me like a good six to eight months to go, not because I was embarrassed about making the appointment, but because it felt like, I don't know, you have to call, like, maybe this is not that big a deal. And I'm sure like it's other people have it worse. They'll probably laugh at me when I go. She's like, Oh yeah, I would say, you know, on a scale of like zero to 10 on your issue, I'd say you like an eight, you know, it's all good. Oh, oh, my God. Gosh, okay. <laughs> I wish I came earlier. You know, so I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like spread the gospel of like, right? go to pelvic floor physical therapy, yes. please. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Well, and it makes, I mean, we're not talking about like intimacy here, but I mean, it makes that part better. It makes everything better. It makes all the different parts feel better. Absolutely. Yes. What things do you guys get surprised by that your clients say, ask about, is there anything that are like really things that you're like, that is like, what, where'd you get that from? Are there things Mm -hmm. that you want to make sure that like as myths that we really debust here, bust, bust, people like, like, again, just really get lost in the weeds. Like the whole celery yeah. juice thing that came out this year. Yeah. I mean, how many questions can you field about celery juice mm-hmm. making you like skinny, happier X, Y, and Z? I mean, sure. Celery is a healthful food, but I'm not sure that drinking a ton of celery juice is really the key to all of your life issues, let alone nutrition. So yeah, totally, <laughs> we get yeah. a lot of very nuanced questions. Again, like bringing it back to, okay, what's the foundation here? And then yeah. let's build on that. If we aren't able to like consistently eat balanced, nourishing foods, we probably don't need to focus in on celery juice. 100%. That happens in my office too, all the time related to kids where I'm like, you know, what what we really need to do is focus in on like little Johnny having some time with you just reading a book. Like, I don't care what classes he's in. I don't care if like what like supplements he's taking. I don't care. Like if you guys went to like, you know, France for your, like, I, I care about you spending 20 minutes with your child a day, snuggling, reading a book, looking into their eyes and letting them know that 
they're important to you. Totally. I, I love that. Like that's the yeah. same, right? With the church, yes. it's like ba- basics first. Yes, <laughs> totally. basics first yes. and then building off of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Another great one is there's a rumor out there that beer is a galactagogue, meaning it'll increase your milk supply. So that's fun when women yeah. come to me and saying like, oh, well, I'm drinking more beer to boost my milk supply. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it's not quite going to work like that. Yeah. And I'm sure you guys probably see a lot of women too, if they're trying to lose a lot of weight right after pregnancy, that milk supply is dropping some from that too. We see that a ton, like kids are a little underweight just from people moving like way too fast to try to get into their good genes. Like Mm -hmm. slow it down. It's okay. Like it took a year to build this baby. It's going to take a year to get back. Yeah. And I think particularly, and that's a really good thing to bring up because if it's important on mom's priority list to breastfeed, then definitely staying adequately nourished and hydrated at least 80 ounces of fluid per day, plus more if you're exercising on top of that is going to be key to keeping that milk supply up. And, you know, if you're depleting your own nutrient storage, you can only imagine what that's doing to your breast milk. So. Yeah. And the key there is nutrient stores, right? Like I think women associate calories with health and it's really more than calories. It's really about the nutrients because you're not only supplying all those nutrients that baby needs to grow through your breast milk, but you're recovering from your labor and delivery. However that went, <laughs> you still need to recover and your nutrient stores are likely depleted from pregnancy. So you need to be getting tons of iron and zinc and your B vitamins, right? So yeah. like eating not it's not about counting calories it's about getting nutrient dense foods in your on your plate yeah yeah no i totally agree with that now how about from a societal standpoint like if you guys had your magic wish if there was something that could make you guys like poof it happen is there anything that you wish we could do or think we need to put more effort into or advocate more for in our society to help moms have better nutrition either during their pregnancy or after their pregnancy You've got one. Okay. Yeah, I've got lots. Okay, yeah, I know, right? Like you hit like the button. <laughs> you know, this might sound unrelated, but the number one thing I would do would be like to transform or re-envision the working world, right? Because nine to five, Monday through Friday does not work for working parents, not just moms, but also dads. Like, and if you're going to have the time to prepare food, to breastfeed your baby, to exercise, you need to be able to flex your schedule. And so I want to throw nine to five out the window on a societal level and give new moms the flexibility to decide when they can most effectively get their work done. Yeah. And I think if anyone's ever had a working mom work for them, they would vote on that working mom nine times out of 10 because she's going to be so efficient with her time. (laughs) So I don't think a working mom needs nine to five to get what she needs to get done. Yeah. And I also think to add on to that, some real direction for the, for new moms to get care outside of what we typically think of as postpartum care. Like the pelvic floor thing's a perfect example. People aren't seeking that out early on because there's no obvious pathway to get to that provider. Mom really has to be educated on her own, reach out on her own in most cases, or there has to be something so glaringly wrong that she's getting a referral. 
The same thing goes for nutrition. There's no real pathway to referral for postpartum nutrition. Every woman is struggling with this new body that she's inhabiting and nobody's giving her resources to optimize her nutrition unless she's proactively seeking it out on her own. So I think in my like grand vision of where we should be as a society, it's having this very interdisciplinary care that's already established for moms to access. Yes. I love, I love it. Like wrapping our arms around these moms yeah. and just giving them mm-hmm. some direction as opposed to making them figure it out when they're already sleep deprived, anxious, mm-hmm. depressed, mm-hmm. confused, thinking about going back to totally. work. Totally. And like they have to have a diagnosis to seek out healthcare. Right. Whether it's pelvic floor or a dietitian, right? If you don't have a gestational diabetes diagnosis during pregnancy, you don't see a nutritionist, even though that's like so fundamentally important. Right. So like, I love that, that image of wrapping our arms around moms and giving them the support they need without making them feel like there's something wrong with them. Yeah. No, it's much more of a public health, like life course perspective of whatever happens during the pregnancy affects then what happens during your peripartum period and then affects definitely what happens postpartum and to your own child. Like what you eat, Mm -hmm. no pressure, but like, you know, that what you eat ultimately does have some bearing on what your kids will eat and just how you probably eat as a family, right? Like it's not like a hundred percent like direct link. That's not like put all the pressure on you guys, but that it does matter. Like if we're, if we're giving ourselves good nutrition, that's going to play out in a number of amazing ways. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, if nothing else, it role models for your children, a woman who knows how to take good care of herself and prioritizes her own well-being. Like that's what the future generations need. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Did you hear that? She said like a mom who's able to prioritize herself. That's what the future generations need. And I hundred percent. Yes. Right. When my kids see me taking care of myself, exercising, eating well, going out dancing, like with their dad, like, I don't know, going on a vacation, like that's how I want them to be when they're older. How horrible if they saw me like just martyring myself every single day and not taking care of myself. Right. That doesn't serve them. No, not at all. Wait, can we go out dancing with you? (laughs) (laughs) But we have to go to like my high school graduation year, like throwbacks. That's like 1999. (laughs) (laughs) Some pop in there. Yeah. Some boys to men. Exactly. (laughs) Oh yes. I can jam on some boys to men. Okay. Ladies, thank you guys so much for being here. Can you tell these people where they can find you, what programs you have available, just so they have a little bit more sense of how they can access great care online through Alavita? Absolutely. They can find us at alavitanutrition.com. We also are on Instagram at alavitanutrition, and we have online programs for preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum. We also have a free downloadable guide to making healthy meals easy. So if you want to go and check that out, free to download. Will you have show notes? Yeah. So that we can give you some some links. Yes. I'll put them in the show notes, you guys. So you can go directly to their links, to their Instagram, to all their stuff. Um, And I'll put the free download on there. So that way they can get it really easy. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Hey guys. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey. 
If you loved this episode, make sure to subscribe to the Modern Mommy Doc podcast so you're automatically notified every time we have powerful information, inspiration, and amazing guests to share with you. We would also be so honored if you shared the Modern Mommy Doc podcast with your friends by snapping a screenshot of this episode and posting it with hashtag Modern Mommy Doc so we can spread the word and help more mamas win at parenting without losing themselves. Thanks for being part of our community.